sort this shit. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone. Failed and forgotten comic book movies. Hopefully we won't have to repeat that all a lot. If you get that, you get the gist of this podcast. My name's Arnaldo, and I'm with my friend Birdo. Say hi, Birdo. Hey, what's up? I was really hoping you'd say hi, Birdo. No, I mean, I thought about it. I did think about it. <laughs> so let's go over real quick the premise of this podcast, why we're here. The point of this podcast is to go over failed comic book movies. And you might think, that sounds super subjective. What's a failed comic book movie? Don't you worry. I've got rules. So we came up with a set of rules because it is super subjective. But we thought, failed comic book franchises, we're going to treat it like a business. So rule number one has to be a comic book superhero film. So we're not going to get into comic book movies that aren't superhero-y. Okay. Uh, And it won't be a superhero movie that isn't comic book based like Avatar or... That's not a movie. It is a movie. It is a movie, but it's not a superhero should, movie. You know what? We should do like a bonus thing and talk about Avatar. <laughs> so that's rule number one. We're By the way, you're talking about Last Airbender, right? Not yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Blue yeah, People yeah. and Blue shit. People. All right. So we're going to treat franchises like a business. So if it's out of production, it's out of business. That's a failure. So we, the Superman franchise, great first movie, great second movie, terrible third movie, terrible fourth movie. Whole thing counts. Okay. It's a good, another good example. There's Kick-Ass 1 and 2, which were both, I thought they were both great movies, but the third movie just never happened. Yes. So if they set up for a, another movie and that doesn't happen, that's a failure. Because it's like trying to open up a new location and you go out of business. So it's not necessarily like, oh, all these movies are bad quality or anything like that because... Right. I mean, we're going to talk about whether they're good or bad well, quality. That's the point. A lot of them are going to be bad quality. Rule number three, if it lasted exactly as long as it was designed to last, it's not a failure. So what that means is like, for example, the Dark Knight trilogy. Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises. Chris Nolan set out to make three Batman movies. He made three Batman movies. At no point was he tempted to try to make spinoffs, more sequels, open up a greater universe. They said, we're going to make three movies. They made three movies. They were good. End of that. That's considered a success. So you may be thinking, hey... That's pretty much every movie ever made that's not in the MCU. Pretty much correct. Uh, the MCU <laughs> is basically the only truly successful comic book franchise. That's we are, why it's still going. Yeah. And they're all good movies. <laughs> and also, it might be a little depressing that we can't talk about those movies, but we we will because we're going to be really focusing on why these movies failed. And at this point, it's so easy to compare them to the MCU because they failed because of, they're not the MCU. The MCU succeeded because they didn't do what all these films did, which is, right. you know, be and bad. And a lot of people do say, like, oh, they reuse the same formula all the time. It's like, well, it, it works. Yeah, <laughs> and I can get into that hardcore, and I'm sure we will at some point, but... Other franchises we're not allowed to touch, according to our own rules, are the DCEU, because although the jury is out, whether they are successful or not successful, they are still in production. That canon is still being made, therefore they're in business, we can't decide if they're failed yet. They're still churning them out, they're making money, they're threatening us with more movies before you know it. And I know you and I have very different opinions on most of the movies. We don't say. We'll get to that. (laughs) Other examples where you can't touch things like the Joker because they said they were going to make one. They made one. It was very popular. Now there's talk about a sequel. If that sequel were to fail and they don't make any more, now it's it's in game. We can talk about it. All right. Can't talk about Venom because as terrible as that movie is, they're still making a sequel. They are in active production. And so that counts. So question about our own rules. 
Where does the Daredevil movie fall in that? Because I don't think they intended to be a sequel, but there was the Elektra spinoff. Oh, no, that counts. That okay, failed. so th- they, yeah. were, they were trying to make a franchise out of it. I mean, they made another one in it. If they make a couple movies, but they are critical and box office bombs, that counts. Okay, because that's a failure in its yeah. own right. Okay. So, honestly, most things are fair game. <laughs> and we, we actually made a really long list, and I didn't realize how many movies were fair game. How many we can get into. Before we move on, rule number four, and all rules can change at any time. So, if we get bored, we want to do Star Wars, we can do that. Just, we might have to rename the podcast, but we yeah, can do I take that. that back. We won't do Star Wars, <laughs> but if we want to get into like some Chris Nolan Batman stuff, maybe we do that. We were talking about what were we just talking about Avatar. If we yeah. really feel like we want to do something out of left field, we'll just do an Avatar episode and get into the Last Airbender. If you want to get into a TV show, rule number one was all these are live action films because a TV show you have to watch at least like five episodes to get the gist of like the show. Yeah, well, like just watching like the pilot that. or something. It's no, not gonna cut it. Yeah, that's not gonna work. So that's at least five hours invested just to get a feel. Right. For so it. they have to be movies. But if we really want to get into, like I said, if we get bored, we want to do the Daredevil TV show. Which is amazing, by the way. Yeah. So, we'll see. We'll see. But as it is right now, movies only. What movie are we talking about today, Berta? Ghost Rider, starring Nicolas Cage. That's right, everybody. We're talking about Ghost Rider from 2000 and... I think seven? 2007, Ghost Rider, starring Nicolas Cage. Produced by Avi Arad. If you know anything about that guy, it makes perfect sense why this movie's terrible. Spoiler alert, this movie's terrible. We're going to obviously spoil the shit out of all these movies. Either they're bad, or they're old... You have no excuse to be spoiled by them, but yeah, obviously spoiler alerts. Just watched this movie a couple days ago. I already forgot the whole thing. That's how terrible it's, it is. It's a very forgettable movie. What's your initial thoughts before we really like get into it? Like, like overall thoughts, opening the movie statements. as a whole. Oh, the thing is, I can't even say it's like a super entertaining movie or anything. It's just it's a Nick Cage film. Take that as you will. I was really thinking about the kind of timeline of comic book movies. And I think we should, I don't know, I feel like I need to like write it all down or draw a picture or something to really kind of get why these movies were made in the way that they were. And it starts off with movies like Superman. Superman the movie, 1970-something, kicks it all off, right? It's a great film, especially for the time. It just balanced the seriousness and realism of making a live-action film with the appropriate amount of like comic book campiness and silliness to still have it be based on a comic book and do justice to that comic book and these movies they can be campy and still fun to watch it depends on how you do it and i don't think ghost rider did it right yeah so that's another thing i feel to make a live action there is a spectrum here between campy and silly however comic book accurate and on the right. opposite side, for most of these, especially these characters that are written in like the 70s, 80s, some as far back as the 40s and 50s. And on the other side, some sort of realism. And there's a suspension of disbelief there where you have to... People sitting down in the theater, they know they're, what they're getting is a comic book movie. So they know, okay, this is a Ghost Rider movie. Dude, it's a skeleton that's lit up on flames. I've already suspended my disbelief enough to believe that. Right. But everything else has to be at least fairly believable. And I feel like that's where this movie falls apart completely. Nothing in this movie is believable. The things that the characters are saying, the way they're looking at each other, <laughs> when they walk from point A to point B, even some of like the edits really took me out and confused me. We were talking about there's some yeah, scenes. Yeah, there's like weird cuts between scenes. Like when it cuts to the next scene, there's no transition. Yeah. It was just the next scene. There's times where you forget where you are. 
Yeah. And you forget what character is where. It's just very basic yeah. editing problems in this movie. Yeah. So let's get into it. <laughs> ghost Rider, the character. I'm just going to read this blurb I stole from Wikipedia. First supernatural Ghost Rider is a stunt motorcyclist, Johnny Blaze, who in order to save the life of his father, agreed to give his soul to Satan. <laughs> At night, and went around evil. Blaze finds his flesh consumed by hellfire, causes his head to become a flaming skull. He rides a fiery motorcycle and wields blasts of hellfire from his body, usually from skeletal hands. Yeah. Do you like, do you, do you know about Ghost Rider? I like little bits. I've never read the Ghost Rider comics, but I've like read stuff that he's in. And obviously like I've seen a little bit of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but that's a different Ghost Rider. I like him better. So I think I was probably not aware who Ghost Rider was until I saw the trailer for this movie. And I'll be honest, I didn't see this movie in theaters. Did not catch my interest. Weird, like it has to be a pretty bad. I saw it at theaters, but I was also a kid when it came out. So my dad took me to see it, and I think at the time, like there wasn't a lot of like good comic book movies. So I think my dad was like, "Oh, that was a pretty good movie." I think I was maybe 2007. So I was about to graduate high school. That was the year I graduated high school. Okay. So it's not that I was too cool for this because I was like, I mean, I went to go see Transformers, and I remember liking it. Like I thought it was pretty fun. They didn't. They weren't as like they get progressively worse. But, like, if the trailer for Transformers sold me to go see Transformers, right. then, like, I would have seen this had it looked any better or had it had true, any, like, true. buzz. I, I would have definitely gone and seen this. I was totally into this kind of this thing. This was also a time, though, where, like, a lot of superhero movie trailers followed, like, a weird formula. Where it's like, oh, let's show the main character. Let's show the girl. Let's show some generic action. And then let's add some jokes at the end of the trailer. You know, I, I thought about earlier today, we should pause and watch the trailer and <laughs> maybe later realize why we weren't attracted to this in the time. Or at least me. Like We can do that right now. We can pause and watch the trailer and then we'll get back. The trailer. All right. So we stop. We watch the trailer. It's bad. Yeah. It's it's really like generic. It feel- a generic score to it. Yeah. It's it just just, feels really low budget. And yeah. uh I mean, the movie is like we watched the movie. It's if at anything at least portrays the movie accurately. If you saw that, or we're disappointed in the theater. That's your own fault. The trailer might be better than the movie, actually. Oh, you think? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Something this movie does strangely well is that it is at least comic book accurate. These are the things that Johnny Blaze is, and that's what Ghost Rider is. He is a fiery demon motorcycle rider who fights other demons right which is fine yeah like that that was not our problem with the movie our problem with the movie was not like, no it's fully, ex- it's fully execution like, like it's it's very yeah. poorly executed so let's get into the plot yeah. all right so i basically copied this from wikipedia we'll, we'll, we'll figure this out okay so the demon mephisto sends out a bounty hunter blah 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 ghost rider to retrieve the contract of sen venganza for control of a thousand corrupt souls when they this whole thing happens in like an info dump by Sam Elliott, who's in this it, movie. At the very beginning. And I'm gonna be honest, the whole thing went over my head. I don't know about you. Yeah, it was like it was an it was just an info dump. It was like one of those weird, like almost like you know how Lord of the Rings has that intro where they like speak. Okay. Lord of the Rings, it's interesting though. <laughs> it's interesting. But you can tell that's what they tried to do. I feel like you can't compare like Lord of the Rings with and like Star Wars does like a like a prologue. Alright, here's another a useless info dump that like honestly like we could have figured it out as we went along probably. And the fact yeah. that they relied on that so much, like, made me not understand why they wanted that contract. Oh, yeah, I can't tell you how many times they said uh, San Venganza in you know this that movie. Fun fact that's Spanish for Saint Vengeance. 
that's why, as in spirit vengeance, as in spirit of vengeance. Oh, well, that's that's clever, but... Uh, stupid, because the whole time I'm like, <laughs> is that a real town? And then they just, they show it at the end of the movie, and it's just kind of like this, like... It looks like where Coco lives. Oh my god. I don't know, dude. The whole time I'm like, so why does Mephisto want this contract? And why does the other guy we haven't met yet want this contract? What does any of it do? Why is... Like, they, I didn't understand They briefly it. say that... They say something along the lines of, like, it'll be hell on Earth. But why? I don't know. And why... Okay, well, we'll get to that. We part. might have just missed something during the movie. Seeing that the agreement would give Mephisto power to blah, 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 blah... All right, fast forward. It's 1986. Mephisto reaches out to a 17-year-old Johnny Blaze, offering to cure his father's cancer in exchange for Johnny's soul. So Johnny Blaze is 17. He's riding bikes and shakes like a stunt rider with his dad. Is it like a circus? Circus, carnival. Carnival. Yeah, it's more like a carnival. Yeah, Eva Mendez calls him a carny later in the movie. Does he really? Because like, the whole time I'm like, It's like an she, insult. <laughs> why is she into this carny this whole time I'm thinking that? Yeah. His dad's got cancer. We sort of they sort of show it. He kind of just looks like a drunk, but apparently he has cancer. And then <laughs> Mephisto shows up, talks to Johnny Blaze, and he's all like, "My favorite part about this scene is when he's like, oh, he says uh, I'll make your dad healthy as a horse." I'm so glad you remember details. And then the next morning, days ago, the next morning, his dad wakes up. Johnny's like, "Dad, you okay?" And then his dad's like, "Yeah, you know, I was going to tell you I had cancer, but you know, cancer's cure. I feel great." And then he says. I feel healthy as a horse. No, my favorite part about that scene was when he... So he does this bit where he stops. He's like, oh, what do you want to return? And Mephisto looks at him and he looks around the room and he goes, how about your your soul? Yeah, he was like being all theatrical for no reason. He's, he's like, he's doing a bit. Like, obviously... He's doing a bit. He, they're in the middle of a garage. There's nothing of value in this place. I mean, I it's a Carney's garage. What could you possibly want in there? Is, like, does Satan have a sense of humor? Is that what they're trying to get at? Supposed so to be he funny? accidentally signs a contract with a drop of blood. I saw a fan theory that said... I did way too much research. I saw a fan <laughs> theory that said because Johnny Blaze didn't mean to sign the contract, the contract wasn't binding. Yeah, he didn't, like, willingly sign it. He, yeah. like, accidentally poked himself. And then that's why he can, like, refuse to That's why he, obey re- like, he retains his free whatever. will. Listen, fans, you're thinking too much about this. This movie's bad. They didn't think it through. They didn't put that you much don't, thought You don't those. need to justify why... The entire movie, by the way, Mephisto doesn't do anything. And he has... <laughs> He seems to have no powers because he just threatens people and everyone around him goes, no, like, I, I'm not going to do it. And he's like, no, like, why won't you do yeah. the thing I want you to do? And so he goes to Johnny Blaze anyway, pulls the classic Satan switcheroo where he saves, he gives you what you agreed on, but really he's going to he's gonna trick you into it anyway. Dad dies in a car accident the next, or the motorcycle accident the next day. By the way, there was no buildup to that accident at all. It's just like, oh, I'm going to go do my trick. And then he goes off the ramp and then just falls over. He didn't like get, crash or anything. He just we, fell over. We literally saw this movie like three nights ago. I don't remember any of this. It's... I don't remember. He, he he gets on to do the stunt. He goes. Was there the an ramp. explosion? I feel like there was. An there explosion. might have been like an explosion. Like he caught on like I think he like fell into the ring of fire that he was going through. Oh yeah. And they did like this it's, weird slow motion shot of it. There was no. It's only up one. To it's because it only one shot. He just goes right into it. Yeah. They don't even talk. They just go. He just goes right into the yeah, fire. It, it, like I didn't feel sad at all when it happened because I had no emotional investment at this point. No, yeah, it did, it did not work at all. So Johnny Blaze is all angry. His dad's dead. He, he goes off. 
runs into Mephisto again, and he's like, you did this. By the way, when when he runs into Mephisto, he does that famous, and he's going to do this a lot in the movie, he points, points at Mephisto, and he does like, you guys can't see this, but he kind of makes like an L shape with his fingers. So I, I think what it is, I think there's a comic book splash panel or whatever. Where he does Where that. Ghost Rider is like pointing So he pointed at someone once. And so he has skeletal fingers. I think they're trying to recreate And they're that like, hey, let's make this off. a thing repeatedly throughout the movie. Sure. He does it quite a bit. And it's something you can believe Ghost Rider would do. Like, the spirit of vengeance. He's, right. like, pointing at his, like, victims and he's like, I'm gonna get you or whatever. I'm gonna judge you. Yeah. yeah. But it's weird that this 17-year-old boy is like, you did this! And he points at them all. And he it's, a like very spe- it's very specific, like, the body specific. language he uses. Yes. Yeah. And it comes into play later, and, like, there's no, like, payoff for it. It's just something he does. Oh, absolutely not. Like, it's his thing. I think I think they thought that was payoff at the very end, but there, there's not. So he points at him. He says, like, basically, this is your fault. And then Mephisto's like, I'm going to cash this in later. And disappears. Doesn't see him for, like, 20 years or whatever. Then he runs into his girlfriend, who had he had been making. They just kind of show them together a little bit. You're supposed to just kind of get there, like... They're supposed to, like, meet up and, like, run away together or something. You're supposed to meet her under, like, this tree. And then, like, he's, like, riding away. And he just... He stops at this tree that he's supposed to meet her at. She's standing there. He just looks at her and then rides away. And that was it. Yeah. So, he pulls up, just looks at her. She's like, hey, like, are you... And he doesn't say anything. He just drives away and never sees his bitch yeah, again. Yeah, kind of a dick move. Like, even if you're sad, like, what the fuck was that? He could have just been like, hey, my dad. He, he could have literally done anything else. He... Yeah. I wrote down, this actor is... They got an actor that's much better looking than Cage, grown up. <laughs> the actor that plays the young Eva Mendez actually kind of looks like her, too. Oh, no, she's spot on. That was actually quite impressive. Yeah. So then it cuts forward, flash forward. It's it's present day. It's 2007. He's basically about to do a big stunt. Yeah. And for some reason, he's like the most popular human. He's just selling yeah. out arenas. Well, he... Prior to this, prior to him running into her again, he did do a stunt before, and he crashed. Like, he failed the stunt. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We start out, he he does a stunt, he goes, he crashes. Fun fact I found out, that shot of him crashing, they made it be an exact replica of an Evil Knievel, like a famous crash, that the bike, like, hit his helmet. That's nice if you're, like, into, like, watching stunt shows and stuff. That's kind of cool. Yeah, but who... For what? For who? Like, who's gonna... Who knows this? Yeah, who's the target audience? Like, it's just such a specific reference. And I think we're gonna get to target audience because I feel like the target audience is, like, middle school kids who have trashy Walmart parents. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's the target audience. And I feel, for those people, they would have been like, this is my jam. This is amazing. You know, with like the, you know, with the t-shirts and the Maybe shirt. like edgy middle school Like kids. edgy, yeah. no, 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 I'm saying like the bullies before they're bullies. Ah. Uh. Like, I feel like this, this is like their movies, this is their shit. You know, and they're, and, and everyone else, none of this, I feel like it doesn't play at all. So he crashes, his friend's like, he's got a best friend. By the way, we were talking about who is that guy, it's Harvey Dent from Cotham. Oh, okay. I'm I like, I've seen this guy before somewhere. Yeah. Uh, he's in a couple other things, but I like I thought I saw him in, like, some sitcom, too. He looks like a sitcom guy. He looks like a sitcom dad, but they pair with, like, a really hot mom. Yeah, but he's, like, the goofy one, like kind of dumb. Right, 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 yeah. right. He's, like, the relatable chubby guy. So his friend is trying to talk him out of, like, 
killing himself, essentially, in more and more dangerous stunts. Yeah. They go to do a more dangerous stunt. So they do a very good job talking about it. They're going to do about, like, a bunch of trucks or whatever. And at the last minute, he's like, I'm so glad you didn't do the trucks. And these fucking Blackhawk CGI helicopters pull in. It was in the trailer. We just saw it. Doesn't look real at all. Do you think doing the CGI helicopters was cheaper than actually putting real helicopters there? For sure. At the time, even? It's like six Blackhawk helicopters. Those things are expensive. Oh, true. And I think they're only, like, military used. It was just really bad CG. Like, no, no. no like, the helicopters look looked fake as fuck landing there. Uh, yeah. And you don't watch it. You don't watch this and go, like, oh, my God, what a dangerous stunt at all. No, you're like, oh, wow, video game graphics in my movie. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but no, no, no. Beforehand, the girlfriend shows up. She's a famous yeah. reporter now. Most awkward interview ever. So he, he right, because he's just, like, interrupting her. And being yeah. like, oh, hey, like, how's your dad? And she's like, dumbass, like, there's a camera yeah. here. And then she, she's, like, asking him questions and stuff. And then I think one of the questions was, like, do you feel like you've sacrificed anything doing this job? And he just, like, stares at her, like, blankly. And he just goes, uh, yeah. Which, by the way, Nicolas Cage says about ten words in this whole movie. I, I just don't, I, I, I don't get it. We're, we'll get to that. <laughs> Super awkward interview. Basically, he just wants to, I mean, he left her. Wants to kind of just, like... I don't know if he wants to rekindle or at least wants to catch up. Anyway, she leaves. He does the stunt. He makes it because, I don't know, who cares? And then he goes after her. And then he's, she's on the freeway. He yeah. does a bunch of dumb stunts, is talking to the driver. Almost gets hit by a truck. Yeah. Anyway, she gets out of the car. They're talking. She seems upset. What does he do now? He just kisses her. He just grabs her and kisses her, which is sexual assault. That's sexual assault. Uh, if I if any of us did this, we'd be in jail, right? Yeah, but like, if you do it in a movie, it's apparently romantic. Well, see, here's the thing. This movie feels like it was written by Nick Cage himself because he's just like the most popular guy. Everybody loves him. Everybody wants his autograph. I can't name a single stunt motorcycle rider other than Evil Knievel, and that man's been dead for a long time. Yeah. And in this universe, this is the most popular... He's just got abs. We'll get to the abs later. Like, And then so... Girls are just fawning over him, and he gets to just kiss this girl who he's shared maybe ten words with, and she just immediately agrees to go on a date with him. Yeah, <laughs> like going back to like him being super likable. Like I don't get it because he's like weird. Oh no! Right? No, it's super weird. Like this man dr- drinks jelly beans out of a martini glass. Was that was that in the RV scene or was that later? It was in the RV. It was both. The first time was like <laughs> when his friend was trying to talk him out of doing the stunt. He's got the and he's like he's RV. like sipping. Red and yellow jelly beans out of a martini glass. So after this, he goes back to his apartment. She goes to get ready for the date. Suddenly, she's all back into him again. She's over him. Didn't want to see him. Was regretting doing this interview, but you get the impression she was forced to do it. She's right. getting ready for the date. He is he's with his friend or whatever in his cool ass apartment. Again, I really feel like Nick Cage is just living vicariously through this character. With all the motorcycles. This is who he wants to be. Yeah, right, exactly. This is how he wants to be portrayed. This is how he wants to be seen. He's got his fucking jelly beans in a martini glass. He's watching... He's watching a he's monkey watching on the, TV? The, like, ni- like, 1930s cartoons. Yeah, and then, like, and a monkey on TV, and he just laughs at it. He just... Oh, no, 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 like, laughs hysterically for no reason. It's That might have been, like, some of the worst acting in this movie, where he turns on the TV and immediately goes, Ha, 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 ha. It was weird. So his friends in there trying again, still talking about angry about the stunt. He's scared for him because he's like reading books of like the occult 
because I guess he knows he's a demon or he met. It's unclear. He he knew that was like there was some weird shit going on back then. So I mean, that I can kind of get behind. Like he's he's researching what he is. Yeah, but obviously, you know, any normal person would see that and be a little worried. Right. So meanwhile, we meet the villain of the movie, Blackheart. That's his name, right? Yeah, Blackheart. yeah, Blackheart, and he is Mephisto's son. Yes, so he shows up in just like a graveyard esque road because where else would they be, right? Yeah, and Mephisto's there, and they exchange some words about. Again, it's one of those things where Mephisto's basically like, "Don't do that thing," and Blackheart's like, "I'm gonna do it." No, I'm gonna do it. And Mephisto's like, "Okay," like I can't stop. Can't Mephisto stop do, you. literally doesn't do anything in this movie, so he shows up to. I don't remember if these things are. It doesn't matter. Shows up at like a Hell's Angel bar, starts killing yeah. everybody for whatever Which, reason. Like felt like a very like Terminator esque scene where you know Arnold walks into the bar and kills all the bikers and takes their clothes. The demon didn't take their clothes, much, but pretty like much, pretty much the same thing. It yeah. was almost like the same thing that happened. He shows up in this bar. He kills the first guy at the door. Then he walks in, starts killing everybody oh yeah his friends show up and he like he names each of them as they show up so it's like it's almost like an info dump at the same time it's so, like one will show yeah. up and be like ah and then i really don't remember their names but he'll say okay their names. one is gressel one is abigor and the other one okay is who cares they're supposed to be like elementals like each one has the power of a different element yeah, one was like, like earth, earth water air water air i think that was it that's it yeah why uh, it doesn't matter they were really hard to understand when they talked, too. It's like there was, like, they put, like, a voice modulator over all of them. Like, the water guy, I get, he kind of sounded like he was underwater, but, like, everybody was kind of... What's the one with the dreadlocks? I think that was the air guy. He was hilarious looking. <laughs> well, his mustache was, like, clearly fake. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of, it, it looked, it was just, like, clearly, like... Yeah, there was on. just, like, you looked at it and there's something that's just off about that guy. Yeah. It was just the, uh, the the introductions were one just like comes out of like a puddle of water and the other one comes out of some dirt. Yeah, like one will come out of the puddle and then he'll say ah and then he'll say their name and the next yeah. thing and the next thing and then imagine if when you walk in the front door I was just like yes Birdo you're yeah, here yeah, nobody like, you know what I'm saying like nobody talks nobody, like that. That's what nobody I'm saying. talks like, like that no, no none of the lines in this movie is believable no so that's what we were saying before he, this happens and he kills a bunch of people. In this bar, and then we cut to Johnny Blaze's apartment. They have a kind of a lighthearted scene, and then we it cuts directly to like the bartender, the bartender behind the bar, and she's like hiding and scared. And for a split second, we're like, "Is this bitch in like his apartment?" And usually, this is editing one on one. When you cut to a different location, you start with an exterior shot, or at least a familiar shot, so you know where you are. Yeah. You it don't was very just, jarring. Yeah. You don't just go to a new location, aka behind the bar, with a new character you haven't met yet, because you're going to assume they're in the same place we just were. Yes. And that happens like three times in this movie. Yeah, but then like the bartender comes up behind the bar and he kills her immediately. Um, so th- and that's the other thing. There was almost no point for this cut, because that nothing changes. That scene could have just been attached to the rest of the scene. Yeah, he still killed everybody in the bar. Yeah. He did not kill that bitch. He still killed the bartender. Yep. So what's the point? Yeah. The whole point of that scene was just introduce the the three the three guys that did, by name that did like nothing. And then more exposition dump. He's like, hey, you know, the three of us are gonna go get the contract of San Venganza because <laughs> you know nobody listened to the intro of the movie. 
And even though you know, Sam creepy. Elliott was was narrating and he's got a great voice, but even he couldn't make that shit interesting. No, Sam Elliott's fantastic. Uh, Sam Elliott's the kind of that classic cowboy yeah. actor who does all the cowboy roles. It's also so. probably the best part of this movie. Oh, for sure. No, no, yeah. no absolutely. Uh, a little yeah. stare over his shovel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was really good. Back at Johnny's apartment, he starts transforming because now Mephisto is waking up like the sleeper agent <laughs> that is Ghost Rider, and he starts his hands start turning red. He starts freaking out. Yes. Do you remember any of the scenes? I don't. I remember. Oh wait, I had notes for it. What did I put? I put. All I remember is that a random new bicycle shows up. I put first transformation scene is cringe. <laughs> so it's just kind of him, like his hands start smoking. And he starts going like, ah, ah, ah. he's doing like Nick Cage shit. If you've seen like Vampire's Kiss or any Nick Cage movie, like he's doing that thing where he just kind of freaks out and starts like flailing. Yeah, you can you can imagine. Yeah, except there's like bad special effects over it. Does he go full? I don't think he goes full Ghost Rider until he gets to to the bike to I the think? place. It's like a it's like a train yard because he gets to the oh, bike. Yeah, he gets on the bike and he's like and Mephisto's on there, it. and Mephisto's basically like. Get on the bike again. Why he has to be there? I'm not getting into why. This the is also the is so only bad. time in the entire movie that Mephisto has any sort of control over him. Yeah. Again, what are his powers? <laughs> why doesn't he just go do stuff? <laughs> like he just summons, but he summons a bike and like drives itself. He's the equivalent of Satan, and he can't do anything except like, oh, my son pissed me off. Uh, Ghost Rider, go get him. I mean, he killed Ghost Rider's dad pretty good. Why doesn't he just kill more people? He's lame. So he gets on the bike. The bike drives itself. Going super fast. Shit's blowing up. Gets to the train yard. That's where he fights. He fights... I think he fights the water fights one dude. Of them. He might fight all of them. No, no, no. The water guy he fights later. It's like the earth guy I think he fights now. He does fight the earth guy. Oh, he does. And then he yes. like... I remember this because this was also my note. It's not really a fight. That's another thing. There's not really fights in this movie. It's like... There's not a now. It's a choreography. A, a thing happens and then... The bad guy dies. So, like, he the just, bad guy drove a truck into... Yeah. He didn't even use his earth powers. He drove a truck into him. <laughs> he didn't even need earth bend. <laughs> just like the Avatar and movie. Then, like, they're like, oh, I took care of him. And he's, like, walking away. And then Ghost Rider, you know, he can't die. So, he obviously survived that truck. And then he finds chains that are laying around, wraps them around the earth guy, and kills him. Basically, yeah. I just remember he killed that, all That was the fight scene. It wasn't a fight. Yeah, he just... The chains, then he like kind of blows up, and then that's it. I think, yeah, that was it. The whole, I feel like the whole point of that scene was just to get him the chains. Again, yeah, because that's like iconic. We go through the Ghost Rider. He's got a leather jacket. He's got a flaming skull. He's got chains. He's got a motorcycle. He's like super edgy he's looking. Nail those four things. Yeah. Right. From there, he just keeps on doing more vigilante shit because he he gets to that random mugger. And kills him. And just... Is that what the pennant stare? Do you know what uh, more about the pennant stare than I, I do? I know it... Obviously, like, the, at least what they showed in the movie, it's like you see all of the bad things that you've done in your life. It's like a judgment type thing. Now, whether or not it just kills the person or sends them directly to hell, I'm not sure. All I know is, like, the guy, like, fell over. He looked dead. His eyes were, like, black. Yeah. If there's any good in any of this, I like that. The, I like the effect where the camera goes into the guy's eyeballs, comes out, and his eyes are all, like, black. Yeah, no, like, that that scene was actually like kind of done pretty well. So, the penance stare forces its victim to experience all the pain and suffering they've caused to others. The more the person has caused pain, the stronger the reaction they have. This is incredibly useful in defeating powerful villains. Ghost Rider needs only look into the person's eyes to initiate the stare. So... 
It seems like a get out of like a trump card. Basically, like, like oh, I'm gonna look in your eyes card. and like you're gonna be defeated. Right. So he does it on this random mugger who is robbing Rebel Wilson. This is like her first major film. Like, if you look at her IMDb, she did like a, like a student film, and then this was like her first like real movie. Oh wow! And she was actually really funny. Like. She was she, kind of. I mean, she, she, got a scene she with was a Rebel Wilson, and she just does a Rebel Wilson thing before we knew what Rebel Wilson was. And I was like, and you were like, is that Rebel Wilson? I'm like, no way. <laughs> but anyway, does the penance on this guy, then goes home. Classic next day, can't remember anything, thinks he's dreaming. Meanwhile, they cut to is her name Rebecca? Fucking Eva Mendez, the girlfriend. Eva What's her name? Shit, why can't Roxanne, I Roxanne, Roxanne, Roxanne Simpson. A lot of things about this movie are just forgettable. She's in the restaurant, and she's doing, like, the classic, like, freaking out because the date's not there. Well, this is, like, such day. a, like... It's a trope. It's a two, It's a very 2000s trope. It happens in a lot of, like, romantic comedies. It happens in... I think it happens in Spider-Man 2? Does it? I think so. No, maybe Spider-Man 3. When he's sitting in the restaurant, like, they keep bringing the ring out, and he's like, no, 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 no. Because he's like, he's being stood up in the restaurant, basically. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then she just keeps on getting, like, wine refills and yeah. like, breadsticks. And, and then she like asks the waiter, do you think I'm pretty? This is Eva Mendes, by the way. She's she, you know, beautiful. She, you know, she stopped acting because she's married to... What's his face? You did say this when we were watching the movie, and I don't and, remember who like, it was. She's, like, raising kids. She doesn't want to act anymore, which is... She's living her life. Perfectly fair. She's yeah. living her life. But if you don't remember what she looks like, this woman's beautiful. Right. That was she one is, of my notes. It says, Eva Mendes is hot. She is way out of Nicolas Cage's <laughs> league. And yet, she has shared, like, two words with him. Was assaulted sexually in the middle of the road. And then is on a date. The movie is dumb enough for her to ask the waiter, am I pretty? And the waiter just goes, eh. Right. And then walks right. away. I'm like, that was that supposed to be like funny? Again, this movie's like partially rewritten by Nicolas Cage. A lot of actors have enough power, and he like has some producing credit in this, where he can basically rewrite all his lines. So was he just trying to make her like through the film negging her? Yeah. <laughs> I, like like honestly, yes. So he he becomes is this when it's later that he gets arrested, right? Like his second appearance as Ghost Rider. Yeah, he gets arrested later after she shows up at his apartment. That's so later. she yeah. shows up at his apartment. He, I think she probably forgives him immediately because he's he's perfect or whatever. Is this when we see his abs? Uh, yeah, because it's like he wakes up like the next morning or something, and then classic. You see his abs. He's got like this great body, and they show it for one scene. I was gonna say this for later, but I was I was thinking about doing a segment called Nudity Minute. Where we spend a minute talking about whether or not a movie has nudity. And it might counts. sound silly because obviously none of these movies are going to have nudity in them. But there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good man abs in all of these films. I think every single one has it, actually. That's my point. <laughs> so we see Nicolas Cage takes his shirt off and is completely ripped. He's shredded. Do you think that's real? <sighs> I don't know. By the way, I looked it up. But Nick Cage <laughs> seems like the type of guy that would try and get he seems like the type of guy that would try and get ripped just for one scene but he also seems like the type of guy that would have someone do a like a body double for him so he could look good as well exactly that's so, my, right that's ex- exactly what i think happened i look it up there's a lot of contention on whether or not that was a body double cg oh, so people aren't even sure yes most people think it's fake they came out and said it was real now if you look at nicholas cage like in the 90s he was incredibly fit he was in con air is pretty muscular in the, the rock, rock. National Treasure. That was a little before. I think it was like 2004 or 2003. So it was a little before this. But at this point, I feel like... I mean, now he's in his 
you know, kind of this pudgy dad bod. Which is fine. No, no, nothing no, 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 wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm saying is, I do not think he was that shredded. You, you don't think that was him? I do not think that was him at all. Like, if they had just taken his shirt off and there was some indication of some abs, I would have been like, that's fair. Good. Good yeah. for you. You're, you know, in your 40s or whatever at this point. Like, great. Fantastic body like that. I'm talking about sipping jelly beans every night. (laughs) No, he looks like a he looks like a Hanes like underwear model. Like that's that was that kind of like eight pack cut abs. And at the same time, it did look like generic though. No, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) It looked like an advertisement. Like I think it's fake, but we'll move on. (laughs) They say it's real. Maybe we'll find out one day. So obviously, she walks in and he's taking his shirt off classic oh, don't forget while he's in the mirror shirtless he does a cl- another classic nick cage thing where he's like you know checking his face and stuff he's like oh my head's on a fire he turns around jumps back towards the mirror really quickly and goes <laughs> i think a lot of this movie though is so this is a sony movie is it sony yeah it's columbia oh shit is it columbia yeah it's columbia most Marvel movies were either Sony or Fox back then anyway. Yes, but only so many. I think they were really riding the coattails of Spider-Man at this point. I think they basically wanted to make just another, a more generic Walmart brand Spider-Man movie. Right. Which is unfortunate because, again, great character in his own right. I think if you had, I think there's a better movie here. But <laughs> you see a lot of that in like the intro and the graphics, like the title cards and the credits. Look a lot like the Spider-Man credits, just with, like, yeah. flames instead of webs. Yeah. And then you see, I feel like they did the trick where Tobey Maguire is standing in front of the mirror and he's got his glasses on and off. And then the next day he's, like, he's Which has become out. kind of like a superhero type trope. And it seems like a superhero trope, exactly. Because, like, the or, Power Rangers movie did the same thing. Yeah, they're all, like, testing their superpowers. Although, Which... For some reason it was charming when they did it. They just executed better, I think. Well, the character... The writing for the characters is also a lot better in that film than right. So I, I think it's one of those things where they're like, "All right, we need we need some levity here. Let's yeah. like Nick Cage do something funny," and he just goes, "Yeah." Like, <laughs> and like if you've seen a Nick Cage movie that isn't like Con Air or The Rock, like he does shit like this all the time. I want to get into Nick Cage a little bit later after we. After we yeah, like we, we can have like a whole Nick Cage segment at the end of this. So. Where the fuck are we? Roxanne showed up at his place. He was shirtless. They were talking. She got mad at him for standing him up. He told her why he stood her up. Like, he told the truth. He's like, oh, you know, I turned into, like, this monster. Oh, right. He just straight up tells her. She didn't believe him, obviously, because who would? Kind of reasonable. So she, like, she leaves. Not five seconds after she leaves, the cops show up and arrest him. Oh, that's right. He left his license plate like a dumbass. He left his license plate at the scene of the crime. Incriminating piece of evidence. Yeah, at like was it at the train yard or was it it like that whole like city block he destroyed while he was? (laughs) Yeah, it was one of those. One of those places. He uh, Uh, yeah. yeah, So he gets arrested. They put him in jail, and he's all like, "You don't want to do this. You don't like don't do this because he thinks he's like a Hulk monster." Yeah, and he's like, "I can't be in here with these people." Oh. By the way, going back, the reason why he got arrested, that train yard area, there used to be a cemetery there, and Blackheart showed up there, and there was a security guard there. Blackheart killed the security guard. They found the body the next day. Johnny Blaze's license plate was there, and then, you know, that's why he got arrested. But isn't that... Hold on. Wasn't he just gifted that motorcycle by Mephisto anyway? Well, there was the motorcycle that was, like, in his garage. But it just drove itself. Isn't that- Maybe he, like, charmed it or something? Because he had a motorcycle in his garage that he was working on. It might have been, like, his dad's or something. 
Because it was mentioned it, earlier. It would be in the such movie. a Mephisto move to like gift you a motorcycle that's already <laughs> registered in your name. Just to, like, plant evidence just, at the scene of the crime. Yeah, but, like, him being arrested doesn't help Mephisto. Nothing does. I still don't understand what his endgame is in this movie. Because... He doesn't. Guy, he clearly doesn't want fucking, Hell on Earth, because he doesn't want Blackheart to succeed. But he, that's why he wants the contract. So what's the difference of Blackheart getting the contract or him getting the contract if they both want Hell on Earth? They're also related. Yeah, can they just figure it out? It's like family issues. I don't know. Just, just have but, a talk. Just sit down and talk yeah. to your son. Anyway... Ghost Rider is in, he's in jail. jail. He's in jail. He's, and he's freaking like, no. out. He gets Pete. thrown in this giant ass cell with a bunch of people. It's like a holding cell. It, it, I don't yeah. think they put a bunch of people. I think it's like a TV thing. I don't think they put a bunch of people in one cell anymore. I don't know how jail works. I've never been there. So good point. Me neither. We're outstanding citizens. <laughs> so there's like a bunch of like just stereotypical thugs in there, and then there's like one kid in the back. He looks like, kind of scared. Yeah. And he just seems like a nice kid and yeah. shouldn't be there yeah. or whatever. And, like, in almost, like, TV bully fashion, like, the big criminal goes up to Johnny and he's like, nice jacket. And then he, like, starts beating him up. And this is while he's, like, freaking <laughs> out. He's like, everybody get away from me. He starts beating him up. And then the kid is like, hey, leave him alone. And then they punch the kid. Yeah, that's right. They start beating up the kid. And that's what triggers And then Ghost he turns Rider. into Ghost Rider. Does cla- I remember some classic Nick Cage just... Freak out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he kills everybody in the cell. <laughs> and then, like, the kid's the last one standing. Like, the cell's, like, on fire and shit. And then he looks at the kid and he does this. He points at the kid and he goes, You innocent. And then walks away. What? But wait, doesn't he steal that guy's jacket first? He does take the jacket and he does, like, the nice jacket. Yeah. Okay, so this seems like the classic origin story where you slowly put together the main character piece by piece. Mm-hmm. Like in Solo where they're like, you're by yourself, Solo. Or like later on there's like, here's your gun that you're going to be using for the next 40 yeah. years. Ghost Rider's where... I fucking always forget this character's name. That's how I forget Johnny Blaze? No, no, I forget Ghost Rider. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Ghost Rider, part of his attributes wears a leather jacket. Like a big double-breasted thing with spikes on the ends. Yeah. like a Hells Angels type deal. This, the guy is like a biker guy, and he's wearing yeah. that jacket, and that's where he says nice jacket. I guess kills him, it. steals a jacket, and now he has a bit. He already had a leather jacket before this. That's when that happened. I'm like, what's the payoff yeah. of getting this nicer, more comic book accurate leather jacket when you already had one? Now, if he if his first outing as Ghost Rider, he was in a t shirt, and then he upgrades to the cool jacket, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But he had a cool black leather jacket, and now he has a slightly different leather jacket. And then when he put it on, he caused the spikes to come up on the shoulder and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the and tiny little those are called uh like studs. Studs. Yeah. Just turn into spikes. Which is, I mean, you know, edgy and cool. He, he no, looked, no, no, it's, it's fine, but why? Cool. He had a leather jacket before. <laughs> like, there's no payoff. Yeah, it was kind of weird. So this is when, or maybe earlier, he gets on the motorcycle and the motorcycle transforms like a transformer yeah. into a more devilish. Why didn't it just look like that in the first place? Why does it have to look like a, like a devil motorcycle? I don't see why this is a benefit at all. <laughs> like the front... Turns into like a big skull. Yeah, like a like like a. Well, it bat- turned into Ghost Rider's motorcycle. Yeah, but if you look in the comic books, a lot of times well, it varies. So I'll give you that it yeah. varies. But still, I don't. The, I don't necessarily have a problem with like his bike transforming because I mean, like even like in Agents of Shield, the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider, like his car transforms. Oh, uh, 
All right, I'll give you maybe that. not as dramatically, but all right. So let's let's go through this. At some point, he meets the caretaker, which is Sam Elliott. If it's not super obvious at any point in this movie that he is the original Ghost Rider, shit. Yeah, he? like he meets him and he knows all about the the curse. He calls it. He's yeah. like, you made a deal with the devil. Blah 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 blah. He's telling him all these things, and Johnny doesn't seem to like give a shit. He's like blowing it off and stuff. And then he mentions like. So what deal did you make? And then that's what causes Johnny to like, how do you know I made a deal? Right. He waits for him to be walking away so that he can dramatically say the thing he should have led with. Yeah. So that he can turn around and be like, how did he It's like, well, now you have my attention. I mean, it didn't catch your attention that he knew exactly what happened to you last night. So did he wake up there? Yeah. He like, he woke up. There was like a bunch of cups of water next to him and he starts chugging the water. And then, oh yeah, they add a little corny joke here where he's like, oh, how you doing? He's like, oh, great. I feel like my skull's on fire, but I'm great. I remember thinking this seems like the one line. I just feel like it was like the first time I heard Nicolas Cage talk. Because it's like the first full sentence he says in this whole movie. The whole movie, he's just like blurting out a word or two at a time. He's very quiet. Yeah. Doesn't and make- it's and it's Nick Cage with a Texas accent, sort of. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It sort of has a Texas <laughs> accent. You live in Texas. How do you feel about that? It didn't sound like a Texas accent. It sounded like Nick Cage doing some weird southern drawl. Whoa. So let's fast forward. At one point, he, so he killed the first angel, and then he's in another fight on top of a building, rides his motorcycle up the building for some oh, reason. Oh, yeah, this happens like that later that night or something. Yeah. He's like, oh, I got to go do something. And it's then, like the, it's, this is like the second act. We might be missing turn. some details, but honestly, like, there's not that much going on in this movie. Here's what, here, here's something I really hate about that scene. He's on, so the cops are there, obviously. Yeah. Cops are always involved. And he's on the top. Of a building with his motorcycle, and he's fighting the, the wind dude. He, or he's, a, he's he he's either about to fight the wind dude or he has fight. The, anyway, cop oh, helicopter, helicopter shows, up, shows up, and he has a fight with this helicopter, right? <laughs> and the whole time I'm thinking, why do this? Because this only ends one of two ways: either you kill the cop, the cop's the good guy, like you can't, yeah, like well, how's this gonna end? And so it just ends with they're fighting, and then the helicopter just flies away. Yeah, he's like. He's got, like, the helicopter chained up, and then he goes, like, you're really pissing me off. And then the cop in the helicopter goes, sorry. And then he, like, lets the helicopter <laughs> they, fly away. It's funny because they... they no, they, he, like, throws the helicopter away. Yeah, but the helicopter, like, regains its stability, and then it just flies away. And then the camera stays there, so you know, hey, guys, like, we didn't hurt, the like, this random cop <laughs> helicopter pilot. because yeah, he's, he's a good fine. guy. He's we, fine. We're not killing any good guys. <laughs> Otherwise, then, I would um, make Ghost Rider a bad guy. Right. Yeah, you said he had a fight with the helicopter, but then the wind, the actual bad guy shows up, the wind dude. Oh, yeah. And it's not a fight. He, like, whips his chain at him a few times, and he's like, oh, you can't hurt the wind or something like that. So so he just starts, like, twirling his chains around, and then, like, fire appears around the wind dude and kills him. He has a classic Flash move where the Flash can't beat anybody by running fast, so then he starts spinning his arms yeah. and creating, like, whirlwinds. Yeah. Except there's usually a fight leading up to that. This was, like... No, 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 they're, like, not... I don't think they made any kind of contact. He just starts spinning yeah. the chains, and the guy's, like, no! he, start, he starts, like, screaming, and then, and he, then dies. he dies. Fantastic. Ghost Rider jumps on his motorcycle, lands on the ground, and then the cops start... Wait, actually, he has a little moment with Roxanne, who happens to be there. And she's like, oh, my God, Johnny. She's standing in front of the cops. And then all the cops behind her pull out their guns and start shooting. right. (laughs) They start shooting at Ghost Rider. He's Ghost Rider, so the bullets do nothing. But I'm like, you're shooting while there's a civilian standing in front of you? No, she is, like, very far ahead of them, too. Yeah. 
Like, that's that's not very safe, nor no. realistic. No. And then, like, I might be, I don't remember if she yells, like, stop or something, or if she just stands there and stares. I think she just stands there and stares. I don't, see, I don't fucking remember. This movie's so forgettable. I think he, he, either, just, he either just drives away or, like, does something with their guns and drives away. Either way, he didn't get hurt. The cops are idiots. Roxanne's an idiot for standing in front of a bunch of armed cops. Right. Nobody looks good in this scene. Right. Basically, nothing important happens. Yeah. We fast forward to the third act where the Blackhawk... Blackhawk? Blackhawk. The helicopter? Blackheart. Blackheart. Oh, yeah. Blackheart. You know where I know this guy from? He's from the uh, Hunger Games. He's the guy with the weird beard. Oh, he plays uh, Seneca Moore. He has the weird... He's in the first Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got like... Yeah, and then they poison him at the end because he failed. I don't remember Hunger Games. I remember too much about him. But it's that guy. That's where I know him from. He was also an interstellar. He was one of the astronauts. He was the guy that got swept away by the wave. Yes. Poor guy. He's just... But, I mean, in this movie, this character's just kind of like... He's an edgelord and doesn't do anything. Yeah. I feel like they ripped him right out of the vampire movie. What's it called? Which vampire movie? Twilight? That one. Did this come out... I think this came out before the Twilight movie, but I think the book's already written by then. I don't know. I just feel like he's such a Twilight character. He looks like one. He's just got he's, just he's got pale. pale skin. He's really scrawny. He's smirking a lot. He doesn't seem threatening at all. He he does kill people in this movie, but he just doesn't seem threatening. No, he does. He he's clearly the most dangerous person here. <laughs> Mephisto cannot do anything. <laughs> all right, fast forward. He uh, realizes he takes uh, the bitch hostage, right? He yes, takes he takes hostage. Roxanne. Classic move. And then Johnny's like, I gotta get her. But I love that. So he goes to the caretaker back because he needs to find out where the contract is. Because Blackheart demanded the contract for Roxanne. Right. The caretaker's like, okay. <laughs> Took fucking no yeah, convincing. Like, All right, uh, it's in the shovel. The implication is that the caretaker's been watching this, safekeeping this contract for Hundreds yeah, because he's hundreds the one that ran away with it and hit it. And the second someone's like, can I have that contract? He's like, yeah. <laughs> to use as a bargaining chip for this girl, Roxanne. Who, in the grand what scheme of things, like, is- I get she means a lot to Johnny, but in the grand schemes of, like, you know, like, we're talking about hell on earth. Yeah. He would just say, no, let her die. Like, she's going to die now. That's it. I'm not giving you the contract. We're going to be immortal. We're going to laugh about this in 200 years. You know what I mean? And then he's like, no, I need it to go fucking save her life. And he's and like, he's all like, right, let's go. He's like, okay. And then at the end, he's uh, and a minute later, he's like, oh, I'm coming with you. I've got one more ride in me. He doesn't say that until afterwards, though. Oh, sure. So, so he's like, all right, I'm going to come with you. Johnny's like, well, can you keep up? And he's like, oh, my horse is actually undead. I'm a ghost rider, too. Yeah, I wish you had just said that. It would have been better. <laughs> but yeah, turns into a ghost rider. So... And yeah, this, we have, like, the one cool scene in the movie with them going through the desert. They, watching this movie, you're like, this is where the entire budget yeah, went. Yeah, I feel like that's where most of the budget went. They're going through the desert. They're going really fast. They kill a lizard for some reason. I don't know why they felt the need to add that. <laughs> they really, like, zoomed in on that dead lizard, too. Yeah. They, they fried him to a crisp. So, yeah, he's in his horse, who's also undead, skeletal, flaming. Which actually does look pretty bad. No, that was, that was yeah. fine. That was cool. I and mean, he's on his motorcycle. They're driving together. They're out in the middle of nowhere. They get to... San San Vergonza Vergonza San Vergonza San Vergonza in Spanish. I speak Spanish. I got this. I do not speak. So <laughs> they get there, and then he's immediately like, "Okay, I'm gonna die now." Yeah, he's like, "All right, well, uh, th- this is the end of the line for me. I only had one ride left. I can only no." He says, "I can only transform one more time." When is it ever stated that there's a limit on how many times he could transform? <sighs> that wasn't a rule established in the movie. Doesn't make any sense. And then he just like. 
He transformed one last time, basically sacrificed his life just to ride with him to this town. And then he just turns around, walks away, and fades away could've, into could've the dust. Could have given him directions. Could have given him directions. Could have could have <laughs> waited to transform and then help him fight. Could have hopped on the back of the bike. Yeah, like there was <laughs> no, there so was many no, other things. There was no logic there at all. He's just like, oh, you need directions? I'm gonna commit suicide now. <laughs> See ya. You're on your own. I trust you with the contract. <laughs> right. Gives so, him the contract. He's in the place. They sort of do they fight? He's got the shotgun now, which is also yeah, this is the closest thing to a fight in the movie. He shows up in the town. He's like, give me well, the contract. Kills, well, first he kills a water guy on the way there. Oh, yeah, on the way there. It might have been before that. I don't know. He Look, kills the water guy. The water guy sneaks up on him. He touches him. The water guy dies. That's yeah, it. He, like, pulls it's him into the water. And so he's like, oh, man, you're in my element now. And then Ghost Rider touches him he and then he dies. He literally just touches him and he dies. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. The three characters are completely useless. They're all dead already. Maybe oh. they're just trying to sell action figures. Uh, so we're, main action figures. <laughs> we're in the town. Sunlight's coming up, so Ghost Rider is going to have a problem. Gives the guy the contract. All the dead souls come back. They all go inside of Blackheart, which I guess is the point of this And then Blackheart starts, like, getting scared and freaking out, it seems like. He's, like, screaming and stuff. I'm like, you're the devil's son and you're scared of... You know what that reminded me of? It was uh, the end of the first Transformers movie where the whole movie they're fighting for... The Allspark. And then they shove the Allspark into Megatron. He dies. I want the Allspark. Three hours later, Optimus is like, well, if you want it so bad, just take it. And he just gives it to him. And then it just happens to work out and then he dies. What was the point of all of that? What was the point of that whole fight? Like, just let him take and die. So, yeah. So, it it gave me that kind of vibe where he's... All the souls are going inside him and he thinks it's going to make him super powerful. But he's like... I don't remember if it does. I think it kind of does, but... It also kind of ends up being his weakness later on, because, like, Blackheart has no soul. Now there's, like, thousands or hundreds, I don't know how many, a bunch of souls inside of him. He does the, the, like, demon quote from the Bible, we are legion for we are many. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so there's some substance in this movie. (laughs) They they tried a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. There's no substance. So then, all right. easy to Google that. He starts beating up Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, like, kind of leads him into the church, this abandoned-ass church. With many shadows, which was very helpful. Yeah. I guess that's why he did it. Roxanne barges into this church while he's getting beat up and starts shooting Blackheart with a shotgun. She, like, blows his head off. Doesn't do anything. So then Ghost Rider, like, snatches the shotgun away from Roxanne and turns it into a Ghost Rider shotgun. Shoots him. Still does nothing. <laughs> so I then... Just, I thought he does a penance stare. He eventually does. Oh, okay. So he, like, he eventually stare. makes his way to Blackheart, grabs him, and then does the penance stare. Where Times he's, a thousand. Where he's like, oh, now you have like a thousand souls in you that have all done this terrible thing. So this is the point of the movie at the very end where finally the prologue makes any sense. Because I'm like, oh, they're all bad people. Yeah. There are a thousand bad souls. I don't know if it was like a thousand or like a hundred. The okay. number doesn't Pretty matter. Pretty sure they said a thousand. Anyway, Kaya, we, we have our... Our dog who just wants to be a part of everything. Yeah, she does. So it's a thousand penance stairs basically on top yeah. of each other, and then that's it. But here's the part that didn't make sense about that scene at all. Like, the whole thing about the penance stair, because he did try to use it on Blackheart earlier in the movie. We didn't mention that, but he did, and it didn't happen because Blackheart doesn't have a soul. Um, so then he's like, he starts, oh, he's playing with the toy. That's going to be loud. That's going to okay. be really loud. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Hi, <laughs> right, I think I'm about to take this away from you. <laughs> okay, can you just sit there? And... 
Oh no. We'll edit all this out. I don't know if we'll be able to. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. Can you play with that? Can you play with that little toy over there? There oh, we go. There you go. So he does the penance stare to Blackheart. This time he's got a bunch of souls inside of him. But when we see the penance stare, we don't see the bad things that all of souls have done. We see the bad things that Blackheart did. This, I thought they showed a bunch of like 1700s like pillaging and raping. I, and shit. I feel like I only saw like Blackheart like killing the people that he killed throughout the movie. Oh, and if that's oh the no, case, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I remember thinking this that. is definitely me nitpicking yeah. though. Like this is a nitpick. Like this doesn't matter at all. Like the the scene no, did what it was supposed to do, but. <laughs> Basically, the penance there worked because he had a bunch of souls inside of him now. So by becoming all-powerful, he actually became weak. I mean, after that, like, the fight's over. What the hell happens after this? So Mephisto shows back up. Oh, that's right. And he's, and he's like, oh, thanks for doing the thing that I wanted you to do. Yeah, and he's like, I'll take the power back now and you're free. Yeah. And then Johnny points at him again. Yes. And he says, no, I'm going to use this against you, basically. And then Mephisto's like... Well, shit, and then walks away. <laughs> no, Mephisto screams, "No!" and then disappears. Yeah, and then and then he says something about like, "I'm the spirit of vengeance. I'm gonna find a way to use this against you." Yeah, he gets the girl. It was a steamy makeup, probably, right? Probably. Well, yeah, and then cut to like the end of the. Mo- Jesus Christ! What happens at the end of the movie doesn't I even fucking matter because it kind of ends with him just like riding his bike and then turning into Ghost Rider, and that's it. Like, the ending was kind of abrupt. There wasn't too much closure. But that's kind of par for the course for, like, this area of, like, comic book movies. It's like the final battle happens, and then, like, there's that's one more it. scene, and then it's it. Right. Why even drag this out any longer? Let's get people the fuck out of here. Yeah. Cool. Well, I was happy it was over. The second we started this movie, I regretted everything. I'm like, oh, oh no. What did I get myself into? Because um, there, are, there are worse movies on the list than this. Oh, I think it's a good opportunity to talk about Nicolas Cage as a person. What an enigma of a man. I, I just... Where, where, where do you fall on the Nicolas Cage, like, hype train? I I mean, I don't... I don't hate him. I don't love him. I don't know. Because it's interesting, because it's like... When you see a Nick Cage movie... Like, it's almost like its own genre movie. A Nick Cage movie. Yeah, but it shouldn't be. <laughs> it, sh- it absolutely shouldn't be, but it is. Like, people refer to these movies as Nick Cage movies. Oh, yeah. I just remember, like, a couple years ago, we did a Nick Cage movie marathon. Like, we literally it's just watched a thing a bunch people of Nick, do. Yeah. We just watch a bunch of Nick Cage movies. thing is, and it's... God, he's so interesting. So, I watched one of those... If you see on YouTube, it's, like, a GQ interview where they take an actor and they go through all his roles and he talks about them. Have you seen I these? think I've I seen think, like, Variety them. does them and, like, Vanity Fair does them, too. So, he did one. I was really... I watched it. I was really hoping he was going to talk about this movie and he doesn't. But... I watch him. I feel like I learned a lot about Nick Cage because he's not unaware of like what his reputation is. I he feel. knows that he's like a meme at this point. Have you ever seen Adaptation? No. Honestly, you watch that movie and you realize this man's a good actor. He's actually a good actor. But it's funny because you watch him talk about his roles and he thinks he is just like this artist. Because he's talking about Face Off, for example. Have you ever seen Face Off? Yes, I've seen Face Off. Okay, so you know how ridiculous this movie is. Take his face off. (laughs) (laughs) And they do the thing where, I'm going to do it to you, where he's just like, 
Yeah, he's like the hand thing. The hand yeah. thing with the wife. Why that's a thing that they gotta they could have done literally anything else. But anyway, he com- he talks about how he came up with the character of Caster Troy, who's just like this ridiculous over the top I mean it's a John Woo flick, which is like supposed to be kind of like it's not that far off from a superhero movie. Right. Where it's like this operatic kung fu with guns thing. Yeah, no, John Woo does some cool shit. Yeah, where people are fighting with like Two guns, jumping in the air, doing flips. Flips, yeah. You know, even then, the movie is terrible. And his character is <laughs> terrible. And it's kind of the movie that I feel like started this whole Nicolas Cage is crazy, a palooza, right? Was that before Vampire's Kiss? I, I've never heard of that. Where, where was that? That one is, you might have seen a scene of it. It's like where he's just running down the street screaming, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire. I don't think I have. Oh man, it's it's one of those movies that's just fun to watch. It's not a good movie, but it is fun to watch. Like most Nick Cage movies. Yeah, you know what though? But like he thinks he's got this process, and I feel like he's got like he understands how to act. He's a good actor, but I feel like if a director doesn't reel him in, he's just going to go to the same thing where he's having a freak out, and in his mind. He has all these backstories and all these reasonings why he would be like freaking out, but what it's but comes we're not off, seeing that on no, screen. it just comes off as a completely unhinged person, right? Because he's he, again, he was talking about face off, and he's referring to like he's talking about German expressionism, which was this like art movement of like late eighteen hundreds, which then influenced like the beginning of film in Germany, which is where like what's his face gets a lot of his Tim Burton. So oh, Tim Burton, yeah, German yeah. expressionism weird angles it's a lot of like horror a lot lot of like dutch angle stuff stuff like that no i'm talking about like the buildings are in weird angles stuff like that it's permeated not even like a camera thing like literally the architecture art architecture and film and it's like we're like it's like think about tim burton and like nightmare before christmas that's all yeah beetlejuice it's all pulled from german expressionism okay he's citing german expressionism for his performance in face off He's. I, I think he thinks he's like this artist that just we don't under we just cannot possibly grasp. He just he doesn't think on the same <laughs> level as a normal person. Maybe he's a genius. So at the end of this movie, I was like, man, he really phoned this in because it, it looks like a lot of the performances in this movie seem like they're rehearsals. It seemed like it's like a blocking rehearsal where they're just there. They read their lines because they're just trying to figure out where people are going to stand. Yeah. They're not actually acting. And I feel like maybe that's the editor's fault that he used the bad takes. I don't know. Maybe those are the best takes. Maybe he really did phone it in. But then I, I started getting into it. Nicholas Cage is a huge comic book fan. I don't yeah. know if you know this. Enormous comic book oh, fan. He's, he's crazy about Superman. Does he name Superman? his son I think that was a thing that he did. Yeah, we can right fact check that, but I remember hearing about it on the radio like when I was yeah, a kid. Fact, fact check that while I'm I fact know. check that, yeah. <laughs> so he is obsessed with Superman. I mean, he, he landed the role of Superman for a movie that never came out. And I really think we should talk about that in a different episode. It's called Superman Lives. Yeah, Nicolas Cage named his son Kal-El Coppola Cage. I guess he has two sons. His other son is named Weston. What a normal name. <laughs> God, everyone must hate Cal El. So, yeah, so you mentioned his last name is Coppola. He's part of the Coppola family. Coppola, yeah. So he is... I might have pronounced that wrong earlier, but whatever. He is Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. He is Roman Coppola's So he's like acting cousin. Hollywood royalty. He's Hollywood royalty, yeah. Sophia's, Sophia Coppola's cousin. He specifically picked a stage name so that he could make his own name as an actor and not 
be well, I mean, roped I, in with all I'd these other people. I'd say he's done that. Nobody knows him as Coppola. Everyone knows him as just as, Nick, right, Nick Cage. Cage. You know he named himself after Luke Cage? Okay, yeah, he's a, he's a comic nerd. He's a huge comic nerd. <laughs> you know his other favorite comic book superhero? No, who? Ghost Rider. He oh. has a Ghost Rider tattoo on his arm. <laughs> he had this tattoo way before the movie. They had to cover it up with makeup because it'd be super fucking weird. That, that Ghost weird. Rider has a tattoo of himself before he even becomes Ghost Rider well, on his arm. With the way that this Ghost Rider is portrayed, it wouldn't have been a surprise if he had a tattoo of no, himself. No, he sort of just got the tattoo in movie, and it would have made perfect sense. It would have been very meta. It would have been... Actually, you know what? Look, we just made the movie better. <laughs> but if... You think he put a lot more love into this if he was such a big Ghost Rider fan. So, apparently he lobbied strongly for this role, was involved in several rewrites, as we correctly assumed. Right. And came up with the helicopter thing, came up with a bunch of different... He was so involved, but it doesn't show at all. Like, you get when you see Tom Cruise is involved with Mission Impossible, and it makes Mission Impossible a better movie, and his stunts or whatever, and you can tell yeah. the man likes doing this, and the movies are better for it. This is not that. Did he make, like, just, like, weird changes? I mean, who knows? At this point, yeah, I guess we don't know exactly but what they changed. But when they announced the sequel, he said, "I won't be drinking jelly beans out of a martini glass this time." So it, it seems like he at least is aware of his weird creative decisions. And when he hears the feedback, maybe he realizes, "Oh no, that was weird." I think he thinks he's being an artist, but it comes off as weird. Is what I'm saying. Maybe he was like. What what if I actually was Johnny Blaze? What if like I Nick Cage was Ghost Rider? No, and, I, I, and this movie was like his fantasy of that. I actually think that's what he thinks. It was a joke that's like says like Nick Cage doesn't know he's in movies. The camera crew just follows him all around, and then they <laughs> stitch together movies from whatever they get. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. So you want to hear some other things about Nick Cage? Absolutely. I uh, at one point in the nineties, he was one of the most richest. Uh, the most highest paid, highest paid actors actor. in okay. Hollywood. Yeah, isn't he like notoriously bad with his money though? He bought. I wrote this down. Oh Hold boy! On. At one point, bought eighteen personal residences, and we're talking about mansions, not just houses. Mansions. I'd be happy with one. a small fleet of yachts, twenty-two cars, including nine Rolls Royces, which are all like million-dollar cars. A private jet, and artwork and exotic items such as the skull of a. Tarbosaurus. This is in the Tyrannosaurus family. Apparently, that skull was stolen. Uh, he had bought it from, I don't know, stolen from a museum. He had to return to that museum. That sucks. He once <laughs> owned Action Comics number one, which if. And it like went missing or got stolen or something. It was right? stolen. Action Comics number one is the most expensive, one of the most expensive pieces of paper in the world. It was the first it's appearance the first of Superman. Appear- yeah, first appearance of Superman. Yeah. He, being a Superman uh, aficionado, obsessive, and one of the richest people in Hollywood bought a copy. It was stolen. It was eventually recovered because it was stole, It was sold again for, I think, like $2 million. Wow. It's recovered to him. But at this point, when he finally gets this comic book back, the most expensive comic book in existence, he is so broke that he sold it. Damn. Doesn't he own like a castle or something? Or owned a castle? He did own a castle, yeah. Okay, uh, so yeah. he's... Uh... Right there. Spending a lot of money that he doesn't need to. Which, like, yeah, celebrities do that, but that's outrageous. So moving on, this movie had a budget of $110 million. It made $228 million. So it basically doubled its revenue from its right. budget. So it earned a 100-ish percent profit, which sounds good. The thing about these numbers is when 
they tell you the budget. That is the production budget. What that means is just the money to make the movie does not take marketing into effect. It's often said that marketing budgets are equal to production budget. So whatever they spend in to make the money, they're going to spend the same amount of money to market. So the movie. if we're going by that, and make we don't know if that's exact, it made a profit of eight million. Right. It basically it made bar- no it money. It barely profit. If that was the case, and okay. I want to say it did have a pretty okay marketing campaign. I I remember the movie coming out. I remember the trailers. I remember the billboards. I actually remember when this movie came out. I took a trip in high school abroad. I was in France. And I saw in Paris a bus with the motorcycle painted on the side. And the actual wheels of the bus were the wheels of the motorcycle, which I thought was super cool. Yeah, that's cool advertising. So they did advertise it. Didn't really mean... I mean, if a movie, if a Marvel movie made $220 million, Marvel would shut down. That's nothing. That's what they're right. spending on to make most of their movies. But this, remember, this was a year before Iron Man. This was a year before no, 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 sure. Again, all of that really took off. And on a $110 million budget, it's not nothing. And at this point in time, for them, they I guess they decided it was enough to make a sequel because they made a sequel, and it's what we're watching next. Are you ready? Ooh, I've never seen the sequel, so I actually, this is going to be I new swear to I've never seen this movie. And I know I've seen it for a fact because I remember like two scenes from it. <laughs> But well, what's uh, going to be fun about the sequel is the sequel came out in a post MCU world. That's true. So if we look at, so we were talking a little bit earlier about like the overall timeline. For me, it starts off with Superman, right in the seventies. Right. Not much else was happening. Superman was kind of like diamond in the rough type situation. Right. Ten years later, Tim Burton makes Batman, right, and that was a huge deal for Batman because it really changed the character. Batman has been forever influenced by that film. Yeah. And the animated series was... became quite a bit less campy after that. A little bit more... Like, still campy, but not like... Not like the Adam West stuff. Right, right. Well, I mean, even in the comic books, they changed direction after that Yeah, it became a bit darker. Yeah. And then nothing... Basically, nothing really happens. They made a couple more Batman movies. We'll get into it. Nothing really happens until about the year 2000. Where X-Men comes out yeah. and then Spider-Man a year later. Yeah. X-Men and Spider-Man, to me, are uh, the newest age. It they was brought in like, almost like a renaissance of like, it was definitely comic, renaissance book of comic book movies. Yes. In that, there's a bit of a dark period, I think. Where well, yeah, there's the a lot 2000s, of just trash coming out. Where everyone else is saying, well, we got to make comic book movies just like X-Men and just like Spider-Man. And that's where you get Ghost Rider. And Ghost Fantastic Rider since, Four. right, there you got Fantastic Four, Daredevil. Ghost Rider, Daredevil, Hulk. The oh, list, the 2003 there's Hulk. There's a yeah. Catwoman. There's a bunch of movies we forgot about that are all influenced in this period of time between 2000 and, and around here, 2007, 2008, where everyone's trying to figure out how to make a legitimate successful comic, comic book movie, but they're mostly all making the same movie over and over again. Yeah. And this movie is seen as just like Daredevil. It's just like Hulk. Spider-Man, like they, but it's not they good. Did, they did a formula and they followed it. The issue was this formula didn't really work with these movies. And we can get into this, but I believe in the MCU's first phase also follows that exact formula, but does it so well. Well, they it seemed that there was a huge improvement with writing, for sure. Direction. No, no, no. Sure, sure, sure. Where the MCU gets it right. Follows the same formula. Uh, the phase one, at least, before Avengers. Follows the same formula, but it's good actors, very good writing, and good execution overall. And that's what makes a difference. And they had an overall plan of where they wanted it all to go. Yeah. 
that's not something these movies had, I feel like. I feel like these movies are like, no. all right, let's make a movie and then we'll figure out what we'll do for the sequel. No, no one's sitting here on Ghost Rider going, okay, so like, like what are we going to be doing in 10 years? Absolutely not. Uh, it was also, it was just a different time for movies in general, but especially comic book movies. Yeah. And we're going to, I, I want to do a deep dive on that uh, another time. I want to introduce a new segment that I've been thinking up. It's called Keeper Cancel. <laughs> so everyone knows we live in cancel culture. If you had a Keeper Cancel Nick Cage, what would you do? Ooh. I mean, he, as weird as he is and all that, I think, I think I would keep him just for the sake of like, there's a lot about him that really strikes like, it scratches that guilty pleasure itch for me. Oh, that's a good point. So it's like, I can't help but like, kind of want to see what he's going to do. Yeah. It's almost like watching a car wreck. Yeah, like, like you, you, you can't, can't look, look away. away from it. There's something interesting about it. You don't necessarily want to see it, but you're gonna. So I, I think if he made more adaptations, meaning like the movie adaptation, again, you watch that movie, he was upset he wasn't nominated. No, he was nominated for an Academy Award for that movie. He didn't win. His both Two of his co-stars won their, their awards, Ooh. and he didn't win for that. However, he should have. He plays two. The movie's about Charlie Kaufman. I don't know if you know him. He's a screenwriter. Okay. Makes a, he's made a bunch of really good, very well-written, complicated movies. And this movie is about him trying to adapt, it's super meta, a book that was considered unadaptable. He was hired to make a film version of this movie. And the movie is him trying to make a movie. So it's a movie about Zack Snyder trying to make Watchmen. <laughs> that was so, supposed so, to be unfilmable. Right. So he, because it's it's a weird flower book, he makes the, the movie, but he writes himself into the movie, and that's the movie that we're watching. Super meta. But he, it's played by Nick Cage, but Nick Cage also plays fictionalized twin brother. So he does oh. a dual role. Okay. It's very good. Is he like acting good at, with himself? Yes. Okay. And he's actually acting. Oh, he's not doing like the, the freakouts. No, the... he's not just Nick Caging it. He's actually acting, and it's it's honestly very good. You should check it out. All right. But so if if we were to get more adaptations on the Less Ghost Rider, I'd be all for the Nick Cage Renaissance. But we're getting a lot of. So when he got bankrupt, he just started doing everything. He did saying yes. He to started. Everyone. Yeah, he says he started doing. He did that one like time travel movie. Where, like, he got to... It was, like, a video game premise where he got to, like, reset everything a few uh, seconds. Was that Deja Vu? Or am I thinking of... I think it... Yeah, no, I think it's that. And he's got, like, long hair in it. That might he be, did, It could uh, be something else. I could be wrong. He did one of those cheap Jesus movies about... Left Behind. He was in one of those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just not that good. <laughs> so, he, he just, was, he's just started doing... I think he was on, like, fucking Knights of the Round Table thing. He just starts doing yeah. crap, right? He was in a another crappy movie. It was like kind of like Apocalypse. Knowing the no, yes, yes, I did. That one was not good. Yeah, just a lot of movies like that. A lot of just yeah, like in video games, you would call like crap like that, like shovelware. It's just shit that they throw out. They throw out there to try and make some money off of it. Appease the masses. <laughs> it's not really appeasing anybody. So I think <laughs> unless they announce National Treasure three in the next like five seconds. I think I'd cancel him. I'm, I'm, I would cringy. watch a National Treasure I'm 3. sick of his shit. I could just, like, we've got a plenty of Nick Cage. If he just would just retire somewhere, I'd be totally okay with he that. He can't afford to retire. Oh, you're probably right. He should do National <laughs> Treasure 3. Get that going as soon as get possible. Get that Disney paycheck. Get the, yes. Get that Disney Plus. Maybe he can uh, get a Disney Plus series going. You know, get a consistent paycheck. I mean, Nick Cage, if you're listening to this, something to think about. 
How dare you say it? <laughs> He's not listening to this. All right, final thoughts on this movie. What do you say? Uh, boring, forgettable. It didn't need to be made. What day is it today? Thursday? We, we literally watched this movie on Monday. And, and you forgot I, everything. I were talking about it, and I'm like, I don't remember a goddamn thing. This movie is so forgettable. It's so bad. It misses... Again, it tries to be Spider-Man. It's made by Columbia and Sony. They're like, we got to make another Spider-Man. Let's just do Ghost Rider. Nick Cage really wants to do Ghost Rider. Although maybe he doesn't. Who knows where his head's at anyway. <sighs> it's just awful. <laughs> and it's it kind of sucks, too, because the character is actually pretty cool. Like, the idea of the character is cool if you can suspend your belief for everything happening. But, I mean, it's a comic book, so, I mean, if you're not suspending your disbelief. Disbelief, yeah. If you're not doing that, then you shouldn't be watching comic book movies in the first place. No, that's what I'm saying. So, like, in this movie, I will, again, for these movies, you usually suspend your disbelief for anything you get in the first act. So Yeah. Or in the trailer. So, if if I go to see a Captain America movie, I already know what I'm going to see. I'm going to see Captain America, who's a super soldier, and he's got the shield, and I know the shield bounces in weird directions, but I've already accepted that. Right. But everything else needs to follow some sort of It needs to make sense. Yes. Yes. This movie, I'm already okay with Ghost Rider being a character. I'm okay with the chain, the pennant stare, the flames, the motorcycle. I'm cool with the demons. I'm cool with all of that. Right. But why does Mephisto have no power over anything? Why is anything? he such an idiot? Why doesn't he do it? There's just a lot of logical yeah. gaps in this film. Why does Why does no one think Eva Mendes is pretty? Yeah, Who doesn't think she's pretty? I want to know. So... This is the movie where I was already starting to regret this entire idea, but we're going strong. We're watching the sequel next. Ghost Rider, I don't know, what's it called? Two? Ghost Rider Spirit, uh, Spirit of Vengeance. Of Vengeance. Fuck, Ghost Rider 2? Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, we'll see. The plan is we're going to tackle franchises at a time. We're not going to skip around too much, but we're not going in any sort of order. So we're right. going uh, to hit up Ghost Rider 2. Once we're done with that, we'll do some other franchise yeah. in its entirety. So if we do Daredevil, it's Daredevil and Elytra. If we do Batman, it's Batman 1 uh, through 4. Can't wait to Superman. watch Elytra. <laughs> oh, <sighs> man. Yeah, and there were, I think the only reason we picked this is because it's spooky season. We thought, let's do something spooky. Yeah, and Ghost Rider. Oh, maybe we can do the Blade movies next. That would actually be along the line of spooky. Yeah, and I think those movies are a bit better. At least the first two. And they're bringing them back. And they're bringing them back. I hope we can nail all three of those before Halloween, but it's, yeah. it's worth a shot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of movie, because we still got to watch the second Ghost Rider. We'll, we'll, we'll decide on a time off. Ghost Rider 2 coming next. Any final things to say? Well, this being our first podcast, I think I think we did an all right job. Obviously, we're going to get better at this as we go. I don't say any of that. You don't want to admit to be bad. We, we suck. <laughs> no, but... Uh, I uh, just I can't wait to watch the next movie and continue this torture that we've decided to inflict upon ourselves. Same. This was a huge waste of time. I feel slightly closer to death. <laughs> do you? What are you doing tomorrow? What is it today? What am I doing tomorrow? tomorrow? I work. Oh shit! Yeah, I don't think we got time to watch more movies. We'll figure. We'll figure this out. Okay. <laughs> bye. <All> right, bye. <laughs>